Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the Alternative Edge, Weaver Beyond the Numbers podcast. I'm Sindhu Rajesh, audit partner and the co-leader of the Alternative Investments practice here at Weaver. I'm joined today by a very special guest, Sonali Vijayavargia, general partner of Augment Ventures. Welcome, Sonali. Thanks for having me, Sindhu. Thank you. Would love to get, you know, give you a brief background. Yeah. So thanks for giving me the opportunity to, to share my uh, thoughts here. Uh, you know, as you know, Sindhu, I grew up in India, went to school there, did my bachelor's in statistics and did my MBA with a concentration in finance and strategy and then worked with large corporations in India, like Industrial Development Bank of India, uh, PricewaterhouseCoopers in their financial advisory practice, and then joined a bunch of my friends to start Edelweiss Capital, one of the first technology-focused investment bank in India, where we were taking Indian entrepreneurs, Indian companies, and getting them listed on NASDAQ and Bombay Stock Exchange. So that's sort of my background, and that's where you know I spend a lot of time learning uh, about startup uh, companies, how they are scaled up, how they attract talent and how they get to exit and get to a listing finally at, at an IPO. Uh, in 2001, I moved to US and started my, my own entrepreneurial journey here in the US by working with number of local startups that were being spun out of University of Michigan and surrounding areas. In 2011, these founders that I supported build and grow their company became my backers of my first venture fund. Uh, and now, uh, you know, with one unicorn exit and multiple in the making uh, and a few institutional backers um, with fund three almost uh, fully deployed, we are in a position to raise uh, fund four. Uh, we continue since the inception backing and supporting diverse mission-driven founders who are trying to uh, transform foundational industries with tech solutions and products, really trying to make these foundational industries efficient, productive, and sustainable. So we are on that mission and great to be sharing some of my learnings uh, along the way. Well, congratulations on that unicorn exit and love Thank having you so here sharing this and Really a topic dear and here to both of our hearts is, you know, discussing some of the unique perspectives that female managers bring to the investment landscape. I've looked at data published by PE Hub earlier this year, and it said that only 4.9% of VC managers were women. The data also says that, you know, female fund managers actually deliver two times more revenue per investment than their male counterparts. So that's kind of very strange statistics that you have such low number, you know, low percentage of females, yet they're doing such great things. So, you know, you've been in this business for a really long time, part of this rarefied group of female VC managers. What's your take on why is it important to have more female participation in venture specifically? Yeah, let me just step a little bit back. You know, when we started uh, Augment Ventures uh, way back in 2011, our premise, a fundamental premise was to solve big problems, to craft bold solution, you need diversity of thought. You need to get individuals to bring their lived experience into these startups and really create a solution that is meaningful and impactful. So that is that is our foundation of our, of our fund. Now, if you think about it, 
you know, the 50% of population is women. If we are underutilizing them, if we are not engaging them in a meaningful way, then how is the economy and all the solutions going to progress? We've done a great job at universities getting uh, females to, uh, to participate and get into education and training and so, but there is a loss, something happens in between where we are not seeing the same pacing as women as star, uh, uh, you know, leading startups or women who are leading departments at colleges or women that are le leading large corporations. So why is that happening, right? I mean, that is the key question. We know through studies that women participation leads to economic growth. They add a percentage or point to GDP growth. So it is very critical that this talented, highly educated, motivated group is not left behind. Therefore, us as industry participants is important to figure out a way to engage this population in uh, growing our economy and our startup ecosystem. So, you know, we talked about all these studies that show why female participation is important in venture, just in investing in general, right? But yet it feels like we've been talking about this for so long. The stats haven't really improved over time. So what do you think is the biggest challenges that, you know, women like yourself are facing in this right now and how that's impacting the investment landscape? You know, one thing, Sindhu, as I'm sure you've heard me crib many times, it is access to capital, right? I mean, it is same for female founders and female funders. They need access to capital. And one of the things I feel uh, investors who are allocating dollars to female founders are forgetting the pay gap and the wealth gap, generational pay and wealth gap that women have been facing. And so how can we be more creative in giving them an opportunity to start their own ventures? There's often a talk about skin in the game, but if you pay attention to the wealth gap that women face, how can we create solutions that will support females to take that risk? So that is number one, access to capital is very important. The second thing I feel is that uh, society in general, investors at large, put a lot of burden on women founders to carry the generational aspirational burden onto them. So if you are a female founder and you're developing products and solutions for female, there is still not very high, but still a higher percentage of probability for you to get support through various programs and initiatives. But if you are a female founder who has interest in, let's just say, uh, a, a solution or a technology, whether it be in AI, which is a very hot topic uh, right now, or manufacturing or any other sector, which is not directly related to women empowerment or women solution, I think funding is very low. So, you know, though it inhibits these women who are trained in different categories, right? We have women participation at schools and colleges in all departments, in all departments, right? And they want to start a, com a company which is based on, you know, cloud infrastructure or anything else. They are not getting that support, right? So it is preventing them. So that is one of the challenges, which I think the investors, both from the VC side and even uh, you know, uh, some of the venture funds, if they are not exclusively investing in women-led startups, they are precluded from getting that support. Whereas, you know, our counterparts, 
for example, uh, you know, male VCs who have been in the industry for a very long time, it's not like they're prevented from investing in women's startups, but they can also invest in next thing Sam Altman is doing, right? And whereas for women, we can't invest in them because they put that barrier for us not to invest, only to invest in women. Uh, so, you know, what we need to do is make sure that women are given an even platform along with their other counterparts to uh, to get to be successful. And additionally, of course, as you know, you know, startup is a very, very um, is a very, very uh, challenging uh, environment. And we need support not only from your family, friends, your significant other. We need balance. We need to balance this uh, with our aspirations of making sure that female founders are successful. So, you know, funny you should say that, right? Because we talk about DEI and there's so many institutional investors, corporations like the Walmarts and the Amexes and all of these that are trying to get more DEI programs in place specifically to address this funding gap, this disparity. Yet at the same time, it sounds like that is actually counter to what they're trying to accomplish because it's creating this um, gender disparity where it says, okay, if you invest in these kind of things or these kind of women-founded ideas, then we'll give you funding. If not, if you want to invest in something else, you know, you're not going to get that funding. Um, actually, California went one step ahead. They tried to create this law that said that you need to have a minimum number of female directors on the boards of public companies. Of course, um, that law didn't fly because, you know, it was considered unconstitutional. So from your perspective, you know, do you need such laws or are the DEI initiatives along or what else is going to help, you know, bridge this funding gap? Because it feels like this is not doing it's you know it's not doing what it was intended to do so what are your thoughts on that so i do think you know as i said number one challenge is access to capital correct and so this does help in some ways for women to come forward and address that access to capital problem however there's a big however here how are these programs being designed is the key part are the allocators here for multi-year relationship with females, founders, and funders? As you know, a young startup takes anywhere from five to seven years to flourish and get to a point of exit. A typical fund is at least for 10 years, and it is only after second or third fund you will see the realization, right? So it is a multi-year engagement. So that is one thing. The DI initiatives and programs cannot be one and done. They have to have a decades-long relationship with the constituents that they are trying to help. So that is one very important thing. The second thing that I think is important for the success of these programs is making sure the incentives are aligned, right? When you're allocating these resources to an organization or a group, you're making sure that the founder, the female founder, for which this program has been designed has equity or carried interest and is the decision maker, is the leader in that organization that would enable this uh, program to really flourish. And the third thing, Sindhu, you must have heard me say many times is that I focus a lot on I, which is inclusion. And what does inclusion mean? Inclusion means like enabling and accepting these female founders and funders into your network, enabling them to be positive contributor to this ecosystem, 
enabling them to lay the foundation for next generation of uh, female founders and funders. So I do think that DEI is an interesting approach if designed and implement with these intent. Yeah, I totally agree. Sometimes it becomes more of a checklist approach and that can totally take away from what, you know, the, the results can be and what the intent is. So just making sure it's more meaningful to drive results is going to be really Absolutely. key. Thank you so much, Sonali, for sharing your perspective, Women in Venture. I really appreciate you taking the time. And uh, just wanted to say thank you to everyone for tuning in for our podcast. You can check out some of our previous podcasts in the Alternative Edge series at Viva.com. And Sonali and I are both on LinkedIn. So feel free to reach out to us or you can message me through Viva.com as well. Talk to you all soon. Bye. Bye.